Pastor Xavier Reese says, God isn't seeking those with mere ability, but availability. Whether you're black, yellow, red, brown, or white, with a suit, without a suit, with shorts, with long hair, short hair, God will use us if we make ourselves available. He will settle our ministries as C6 fits by His gifts and His callings. You understand? The challenge is to be ready to be used of God wherever He directs. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's a fact of life and also a spiritual truth. You reap what you sow. However, there is a way God allows man to avoid the wages of sin, the penalty of death. And that's what we'll be looking at as we join Pastor Xavier continuing his study in the book of Acts. Let's join our teacher now, providing the text for today's Simple Truths study. You have a Bible, turn to Acts chapter 8. And the message entitled, The Salvation of the Ethiopian Eunuch. The case of the Ethiopian eunuchs here in his conversion gives us a clear picture of how God brought salvation to this Gentile proselyte. And there's some common denominators that we know will always be present. First, God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch, verse 26 through 28. He used the man. Secondly, verse 29 through 35, God used Philip by the Spirit of God to illuminate the Ethiopian eunuch. The man of God through the Spirit of God. And then 30, 36 to 40, God used Philip to offer salvation to the Ethiopian eunuch. He asked him for his decision. Very, very important. Now, let's look here. How God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch. 26 to 28. Notice in 26, Philip was told by the angel of God to leave Samaria and to go to Gaza. The command was to arise and to go. It speaks of immediate action. Gaza was a deserted place, it tells us, close to the border of Egypt. And this was the road back to Ethiopia. A considerable distance to travel in those days. And yet, Philip here, as we see, was obedient. He was a servant of the Lord. He just heard and he went. Notice Philip saw a man of Ethiopia then. The rest of 27 and 28. He was a eunuch, one to oversee the bedchamber or harem of women that belong to the king. The expression behold implies a sudden sight and surprise. This is a deserted place. This is down towards that road. You don't expect to find nobody. Whoa, here's this guy. Eunuchs were castrated to pose no sexual threat to the women, as you know. And so Philip looks and he was a man of great authority under Candace, the queen mother of Ethiopia, we're told here. Candace is a title like Pharaoh. God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch. Real simple. Why? He is lost. He saw his heart. Notice, secondly, 29 through 35, God used Philip by the Spirit of God to illuminate the Ethiopian eunuch. The Spirit said to Philip, the Spirit said to Philip, the Holy Spirit of God resides in the believer and he speaks personally. If you're born again, God speaks to you. And you are to obey 
The Spirit guided Philip specifically, go near and overtake the chariot. The timing was chosen by God. The approach was given by God. How, when, where, who, God will tell you. Philip engaged the Ethiopian in conversation, verse 30 and 31. Philip ran to him and he uh, heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He's reading aloud. Philip questions him and says, do you understand what you're reading? The question could have certainly been offensive to the Ethiopian's pride. He's a powerful man, influential. He could say, who do you think you are? He's open. The Spirit's brought him. He's tying them both together. And so in 31, the Ethiopian acknowledged his ignorance of the passage and his need of help. And he said, how can I unless someone guide me? The Ethiopian was teachable. And he answered Philip, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? He was asking for clarity. He was asking for absolute truth. There's objective truth. It's not subjective. It's not relative. It's not based on circumstantial evidence. It's not based on ethics that come and go. It's not in politically correctness. It's based on the absolute word of God. Truth and error. Notice 35, Philip opened his mouth, beginning at the scriptures, preached Jesus to him. I love it. Philip knew the word. Do you know the word? Or do you just know verses memorized? There's a big difference. I can memorize all the part of an engine, coil, manifold, carburetor, heads. But I'm not a mechanic. I don't know how they work. Then I'm a quack. I'm not just to memorize. I'm to know them in their context. I'm to know how, how they're interpreted, what they mean. So I can give that to people. Philip was ready to expound the scriptures. He knew the scriptures taught only Jesus. Jesus did the same to the two men on the road to Emmaus, as you know, in Luke 24, 27. He opened up to them from the scriptures. I wish we had that record. When on October 12, 1492... Christopher Columbus took possession of the one of the Mayaman Islands. He believed he was fulfilling prophecy. It is not perhaps widely known that the Admiral of the Oceans discovered America believing he was under the illumination of the Holy Spirit, not the light of the stars. In 1502, he wrote to King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, I'm quoting, Listen carefully, because you won't get this in high school. You won't get this in your universities. In the carrying out of this enterprise of the Indies, neither reason nor mathematics nor maps were any use to me. Fully accomplished were the words of Isaiah, referring to the gathering of the remnant of Israel in the last days. But he was guided by the Lord. God will guide us to the unbelievers. If we will make ourselves available, for this is the heart of God. He's not willing that any should perish. You know that. Second Peter 3, nine. We know that not all will accept. But that's their decision. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
I tell you that you are a sinner. And if you die, you will go to hell. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus died for you. And if you believe he died and rose from the dead for you, he can forgive you of your sins and change your life. And you can go to heaven. If you don't choose to, you can never blame God. He has made the way. It's up to you whether you accept the way. No one can blame God at all. God's Spirit will always prepare those engagements with others for conversion. In the most natural means through His Word. Even as Paul tells us in Romans 10, 14. How shall they call? How shall they believe? How shall they hear without a preacher? That's why we go. That's why we do the medical outreaches in Mexico. That's why we go to Cali, Colombia. That's why we go to Spain. That's why we, we go to this, the old town here in Pasadena on Fridays and Saturday. That's why we preach Christ Jesus on the services. Because we know that He wants people to be saved. God's Spirit will direct us to discuss the Scriptures. To give an answer to every man for the hope that lies in it with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3.15 Then we can say, this is what the Bible says. This is deception. This, this, this goes against all scientific law. This is a hypothesis. This is just a man's thesis to get his PhD, but it holds no truth. In fact, the very evidence of science refutes all of those things. And the Word of God is the same forever. And then we can give clear answers. God's Holy Spirit is the one who turns the light on. Illumination to the dark heart of man. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. The natural man understands the things of other men, not of the Spirit. But we have the mind of Christ. We receive those things by faith because we're born again. But until God turns that light on, we don't understand Him. We're spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. We used to be there. Because I'm saved doesn't make me better. It just means I'm saved by grace and I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did. God wants us to give to people only Jesus. For He is the Spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. No one else. He is that red thread from Genesis to Revelation. Point to no one else. And so God used Philip by the Spirit of God to illuminate the Ethiopian Eunuch. Now notice, thirdly, God used Philip to offer salvation to the Ethiopian eunuch, verse 36 to 40. He has instructed him, but he hasn't offered it yet. The Ethiopian asked Philip to baptize him. He asked as they were going down the road, and they came to some water, and the Ethiopian says, See, that's the same word as behold, with surprise. And all of a sudden, here is water. It's a desert place. You don't find water in Israel easy. <laughs> He's asking to be baptized. Which means that though Philip could not see, he had made that decision in his heart already without being asked. He already had. I don't know, I don't know the heart of man. I don't know what's in your heart. The only way I get an idea is as I let time run and see how you live. And so Philip told him in 37 there, the only thing that would hinder him is if you believe with all your heart, you may. If he didn't believe, that would be a hindrance. So that's the only thing that would hinder him. 
It's a very specific belief in Jesus Christ. If your faith does not point you back to the Bible, the scriptures in context, your faith is religious, it's empty, it's vain. For your faith to be honored, to be biblical, it must be related to the revelation of God's word. Jesus Christ. This is the context. Jesus, the human man, who was God, Christ, the anointed, deity. The only thing that would hinder the Ethiopian from being baptized would be the lack of belief with all his heart on Jesus Christ. Not the pastor, not the church. Notice the Ethiopian said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Bingo! Now he's confessing what has happened in his heart already. He was already born again, but he asked him, what, don't offer salvation to some, don't tell him about Jesus and then say, okay, bye. No, ask him, you want to accept him? If you lead him to water, ask him if he wants a drink. You don't bring someone over to your house and say, ooh, look at the, the, the pie my wife made. Mm, smell it. Mm, look at it. Mm. Okay, okay, let me put it back. Let's go. <laughs> Guy's salivating, man. Let him eat. He was clear about who the passage was speaking now. He's no longer confused. He accepted and believed that the person of Jesus had died for him. He acknowledged the need of confessing Jesus as Messiah, the Son of God. The Ethiopian was baptized by Philip then. Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water and Philip baptized the Ethiopian. Water is a public confession of what has happened in your heart already by faith. Being born again. John 3, 3 through 5. Jesus said, you must be born again. You'll never enter the kingdom of God. He goes, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And he speaks about water and spirit. John 3 has no baptism involvement. It's talking about the contrast of the natural birth and the spiritual birth. He's not talking about baptism being a requirement. If it is, then salvation was not completed at the cross. Please understand that. Water baptism does not save a person nor complete salvation in any way, shape, or form. But it's an answer to a good conscience. 1 Peter 3, 19-21 tells us. If you're born again, we teach you should be baptized. We practice water baptism. But if you weren't water baptized, if you accepted the Lord and you went out of here and you got killed in a car wreck, would you be in heaven? Absolutely. Jesus said at the cross, it is finished. You're saved by grace through faith. Should you be baptized? Yes. Should we teach it? Yes. Should we practice it? Yes. If someone doesn't get water baptized, will they be in heaven and die? Yes. Water doesn't take away any sin. If you use soap, you might get some dirt off. Water baptism is symbolic of the, spirit, the old man death. The new man coming alive. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 through 4. The old man goes down dead. You come up the newness of life. So we teach it. We, we, we practice it. But it's not a requirement of salvation. It doesn't complete salvation. Alright? That's legalism and it's adding to the scriptures. Actually calling Jesus a liar when he said it is finished from the cross. Notice Philip was caught away by the Spirit when both of them came out of the water. That must have blown his mind. The word caught up is harpazo, which you know means a sudden violence snatching away. Uh, the word appears 13 times in the New Testament. 
and consistently, every time it appears, it is used in this manner. Sudden, violent transition from one geographical location to another. I'm not going to give you all 13, but let me give you about three, so it'll give you an idea and a confirmation of what I'm talking about. The parable of the sower in Matthew 13. The seed fell by the wayside, the first, a hard ground. And the birds of the air came, which are Satan and his angels, and it says, and he harpozzled it from the earth to the sky. Suddenly. 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul was caught up to the third heaven paradise, harpozzled, when he was stoned by those of Lystra. And then the Lord allowed him to come back. Harpozzled, from earth to the third heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, we will be caught up, harpozzled, in the clouds, in the air, to be with the Lord and our loved ones. The rapture, same word. All 13 communicate violently, suddenly, a translation from one place to another. Even as we see it here. The Ethiopian did not see Philip. And he went on his way. Bummed on. Oh, where's my Savior? He, he no, Jesus saved him. What did he say? He went away what? Rejoicing. His eyes were on Christ. Too many people's eyes today are upon their pastor or the church. Or the movement. Wrong. We have to be careful. Notice the joy was over his salvation. The experience of salvation. His sins had been forgiven. He was one with God. He had a personal relationship with the living Savior. He had eternal life. He knew what the scripture said. Do you ever just fall on your face? Do you ever just rejoice in God of what you know about God and the scriptures and eternity? Do you ever stop and think of how privileged you are? How rich you are in Christ? The same joy was experienced with the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8, verse 8. The contrast is incredible. He had come to worship in the temple in the court of the Gentiles. He had come to the one who was greater than the temple now. He had gone from a legal relationship of the law to a relationship of acceptance through grace. Now he had passion. He had perspective. And so in verse 40, Philip continued to be used by God as an evangelist. Yeah, that was just his next assignment. Done. On to the next thing. No bows. Not looking for applause. He was found in Azotus after he was raptured away. Azotus is the old city of the Philistines of Ashdod. Ashdod was about 20 miles north of Gaza and halfway between the city of Joppa, the area of the modern-day Tel Aviv today. Notice he passing through preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He preached to all the cities. All the cities. Common denominator is, I'm looking for sinners. Whether you're black, yellow, red, brown, or white, I don't really care. Do you see yourself lost? Do you really believe the gospel can change you? Do you believe that Christ has saved you? Then you're my brother. You're my sister. I welcome you. With a suit, without a suit, with shorts, with long hair, short hair. Maybe you're tacked down. You look like a walking billboard. Maybe you've got more holes than a wind chime. If you run, you whistle. But that's the kind of people God's going to save. Are you ready for that? 
Because those are the people, that's the generations in the world. What are you going to do when a young lady sits next to you that she has tattoos, sleeves all the way down up to her neck? And she sits next to you and opens the Bible. You're going to move over? Or a guy's going to come in all pinned out and everything else? We should rejoice. God will do the changing from inside out. Oh man, we have to be careful. Also careful. This is the privilege and responsibility of every believer that is to be motivated by the love of God. God will use us always if we make ourselves available. He will settle our ministries as C6 fits by His gifts and His callings. You understand? The challenge is to be ready to be used of God wherever He directs. The greatest work is not to be determined by the size or the popularity, but the direct service that God has for me. That's the greatest work. He became known as Philip the Evangelist, you know, in Acts 21.8. He was visited by Paul as he was going to Jerusalem. He is the only one called in the New Testament, Philip the Evangelist. There are others who evangelize and manifest the gift, but he's called Philip the Evangelist. Lady Huntington was a Christian well known to others during the time of the revivals that swept England in the 19th century. She was once asked how she, one of the country's noblest women, had been converted. Listen, she replied, quote, by one letter. How is that? By one letter. Yes, she answered. In God's word, 1 Corinthians one twenty six, it says, not many noble are called. That M saved my soul. For if he had said, not any noble, I must have been damned. So God blessed the little letter M before any to be the salvation of my soul. Not many noble. We must give an answer to every man who asks who Jesus is. Who is he? Jesus said, who do you say that I am? After he asked all what people said. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 16, 16. That's the answer we give. Not Mary, not Peter, not the Pope, not anybody. Jesus. We must not be afraid to tell people what hinders them from Christ. Their need of repentance, Acts 2, 38. To turn from their sin. To change their mind by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. To be transformed. And so we must offer Christ... To those we preach Christ to, even as Peter will do later on to Cornelius, him and no one else. And so we will continue to be used if we are open to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit and preach Jesus only. Second Timothy two twenty and 21, you choose whether you're going to be a vessel of honor or dishonor, vessel of the Lord or your own vessel. God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch, the man. God used Philip by the Spirit of God to illuminate the Ethiopian eunuch. The turning on the light. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. Through His Word. And God used Philip to offer salvation to the Ethiopian eunuch. He knew he was saved. He knew the one that could save him. And so, the book of Acts is a pattern for leadership. pattern for life. Not our culture. Not our traditions but the Word of God. And then we'll preach a gospel that can save. A crossless gospel is a powerless gospel. The 
gospel that has the cross is the only one that can change a person's life, their heart. Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of salvation and the heart of the gospel. And if you'd like a copy of today's message, Salvation of the Ethiopian, it's available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything we heard the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Salvation of the Ethiopian, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. When God speaks, He bypasses the ears and goes straight to the heart. Learn more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com